the fact that you can get pregnant, have a living baby inside of you upon conception, but then go kill it. So we take consequences away for sexual conduct. So a woman wanting to be equal and truly equal with a man wants to have, I mean, in this, in their eyes, equal, not a biblical standard, but an arbitrary standard is equal. Mm-hmm. And we know and we can see it's arbitrary because a life dies from it. Right. But in order to have that arbitrary standard of equal, they want to take life. Dads, where all things are for dads, through dads, and to dads. I'm your man, Dusty Marshall. I'm a Christian husband, father, a hip-hop artist, and co-founder of Irregular for Christ Ministries, which is a family ministry dedicated to giving hope and inspiring to choose life. Uh, as always, is my man, Andrew Songkrant. Andrew High School T. Songkrant is That's with me. Sweet. High School T. Songkrant. Got his high school T patented <laughs> on. Yep. Today, we're going to just have a discussion. We're excited <clears throat> about the topic. Um, we're going to speak a little bit on toxic masculinity or yep. demasculi- uh, the demasculating... Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, of men in the culture. Yep. So that's what we'll be talking about today. Amen. Yeah, man. So, uh, would you you go ahead? Tell tell me what you got on your mind about uh, masculinity in our culture today. Yeah. So when I think about masculinity in our culture today, first the, the first thing I, I think about is this. Well, why do people care? What what standard do they have that makes them care? Is there like an objective standard, or is it some personal revelations? From their emotions. Why do people care about men being masculine in our culture? Right. So when I think about men and who they're supposed to be or who we are even as people, I think about how God created us to be. Sure. Men have roles. Women have roles. Um, And the the best person to know any of that would be God. The creator. The creator. Of men and women. (laughs) Exactly. In the beginning. So in our culture today, though, we have people who have claimed we have a little moth playing around. Mothman prophecies. Yeah, let's demasculate that moth. But but we have people now that deny God. They claim to deny God. They suppress the truth and unrighteousness. So what I would say is if someone who denies God, then they can't ever truly know themselves. Sure. So since they can't ever know themselves because they don't know how or who God created them to be, they become self-ish. Right? Mm. So when Mm. someone is self-ish, they have to make up these things in order to feel some type of momentary uh let's let's say reason for existence okay or and if someone else comes along and then starts you know making them feel offended or oppressed for their own self their selfishness then for some reason they need to get angry or stop that from happening okay so you know in with biblical manhood or biblical womanhood we have roles like we said earlier so we could talk about in america we let's say we have a strong male who has multiple kids, he goes and works, right? Mm-hmm. And his wife stays home. So we can have one strong person doing something, and now our, our gender roles, which we wouldn't distinguish gender from sex, could make some other woman feel oppressed by his nature, let's say in a grocery store. 
So we have a man in a grocery store getting groceries, mm -hmm. and he's with his wife. His wife is submissive, and let's say they walk past another couple. We have a couple that, let's say there's a woman who's maybe a feminist or whatever they want to be, and they get oppressed because this man is talking to his wife, and she doesn't argue with him or doesn't put up a let's say like a fight over something sure. and they start feeling now oppressed and they start feeling these types of emotions. So then that could be like some form of to toxic masculinity because it's actually invading their self. Okay. And we, we see that now with, with children and how parents are actually, you know, influencing the transgender movement by saying, well, this is who my kid appeals to themselves to be. Who are you to tell them they're otherwise, you know? Sure. No objective standard. There's, yeah, exactly. right. So, so what you're saying, what we're talking about is, there's no objective standard. There's no de def, There's no defined role for a man. There's no defined role for a woman. Mm -hmm. God just. There's no God. So men and women are equal in on on every playing field right. in every sense. Yeah. Now. We got to be careful here because there is equality, mm -hmm. right? But that can only be found in who we are in Christ, Amen. in image bearers of God. But that doesn't mean that we have the same equal roles. We have different roles, mm -hmm. but not those distinguished roles don't determine whether one is better than the other. For yeah. instance, example, yeah, yeah. stay-at-home mom, that is, in our culture, could be a frowned-upon position for oh, yeah. a woman. Of course. But mom, who goes to her job 40 hours a week and leaves her children with a daycare worker, mm -hmm. that is the empowered woman in our culture. And that's what right. we're talking about, right? Exactly. That... that that idea is what drives this, you know, I guess, equality that we're talking about where, where men, if we're, we're in the role that we're called to be as leaders of our household, yep. as the final word, yes. but also the, 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 you know, Christ is the head, then the man, and then the woman on down into the children, yep. um, that is seen as toxic masculinity in our culture yep. because the male is taking a lead role. Now, I understand, too, at the same time, you know, there is a such thing as men being, I'm going to say, oppressive in their power, their role, right. right? Yeah. Where they're not serving, they're not serving God, they're not leading their family in a godly way. Amen. But that doesn't negate their God-given right to be the leader of the household. So, so here's the thing, like in, in Genesis 3 with the fall. So the woman, it says, your desire will be to rule over your husband, right? Right. So if we think about the fall and we think about people who deny God, they're actually going to succumb to their fallen nature. So the woman now wants to rule over her husband. So what's it mean then? Toxic masculinity. It means how do I get this rule over this oppressive thing, denying God, more of your fallen nature, more of God, you know, relinquishing that leash, essentially, sure. that he restrains on our evil. And for the man as well, the man who denies God, and they're going to become, like you would say, that there's a way that they could become 
aggressive. Sure. They can become manipulative. And that's part of being fallen and denying God. That's just what happens. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And I guess, you know, the biggest thing that I've been noticing in our culture, pop culture, and even in media, I watch a lot of movies. I'm a, a movie buff. Um, but I'm noticing that our culture is steering away from strong male lead roles in like let's say action or battle films right um and i'm seeing a shift to where we have a uh, a lot of women right leading roles as the action star as mm-hmm. the uh you know the fit i'm not saying all the time obviously but i'm saying I, I, it happens a lot. It happens a lot. Like a lot. you and I went to to see the movie Glass, right? And four of the five movie previews was a lead female character in an action film that was like fighting or you like, know yeah. war or battle. Yeah, it's like Alita, Battle Angel, and then Captain Marvel was another one. Right. Right. X Y Z. But and I'm saying that that women can't be in that role, but we're obviously seeing uh, a, shift. a shift and a purpose. For that shift. Yeah, you're saying like if the Matrix were to come out today, the first one, I'm not talking about the newest one that's been released. Everyone's probably heard that on the news. I'm saying if the original one had been released now, I highly doubt Neo would have been a man. It's something to think about. I mean, yeah. the shift of the shift of roles and it's it's not it's not just movies, right? Like I, I my wife Crystal and I were watching a show, Lethal Weapon, right? And the lead character uh, you know, they're the two lead characters being, um, you know, Murtaugh and I'm forgetting, I'm, I'm Luke Riggs and Murtaugh. Um, the character that uh, is married in the lead role in there, which is played by one of the Wayne's brothers, um, you see that in his relationship with his wife and he has children, that he isn't the lead in his household Ooh, okay. that his wife is the head of the household mm-hmm. and the way that she is the head of the household is because the gullible male f- cop figure the gullible male actor uh is his power is taken away from him in the household by his wife being attractive and being the say-all in their sexual life, right? Ah. So if she gets her lords way, she lord, if she lords it over him, he then, he then uh, will submit so that he can get what he wants. Wow. Right? Right. And, you know, I know that's just a character, mm-hmm. but we see that in many of the roles in, in shows and in movies, right? Mm-hmm. That the... The gullible man, right, or the man who's kind of a uh, dumb, uh, and his smart wife, who has the final say, mm-hmm. and in order for him for him to get what he wants, which is sex, he needs to submit to his wife, who has the power in holding the key to that man having sex. Mm. So something something that I that you you see in these shows is the man not being able to lead because he desires sex and the woman is the lead because she holds that power. Right. Right. So emasculating the man for his desire for sex. So that's something that I'm noticing in shows in even in movies 
but that you know we keep seeing a shift here that men men being men is a toxic thing in our culture and when i say men being men i'm talking about a man having the final word wife like you said submitting dad has said something that uh, he wants done in his household. It's not going against the word of God. It's not going against the word of God. It's not sinful. And if the wife doesn't argue or or uh, come up against that, um, that's seen as weakness mm. in her in her part, not biblical consistency right. for her role as a woman. Mm. You know, yeah, it's 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 crazy to think about that. We see there's there's a reason why we see all these ha- things happening in our society today in regards to movies, popular television, all of these role reversals and switches. Or it's because whoever controls the um the, the story climate of our nation controls the moral climate of our nation. You know, and especially in in terms of a woman lording her body over her husband in re- regards to submission, I think one aspect of that that really contributes to that type of culture is Roe versus Wade. The fact that you can get pregnant, have a living baby inside of you upon conception, but then go kill it. So we take consequences away for sexual conduct. So a woman wanting to be equal and truly equal with a man wants to have, I mean, in this, in their eyes, equal, not a biblical standard but an arbitrary standard is equal. Mm-hmm. And we know and we can see it's arbitrary because a life dies from it. Right. But in order to have that arbitrary standard of equal, they want to take life. Mm. So this is, this is the switch. This is the exchange. Every system is going to have a sacrificial system. Every religion is going to have a sacrificial system. In Christianity, our equality comes from the sacrifice of God, who took on flesh and mm. died on the cross for our sins. Yeah. In forms of toxic, toxic masculinity, um, social justice movement, or any, you name it. We'll say just in regards to feminism, for example, I would say that their sacrificial system is abortion. Hmm. So in order to have that equality, in order to feel like they're justified, see we're using biblical words, mm-hmm. in order to feel that they're justified to, not, not to God, but to society, that they sacrifice the blood of their child. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. So yeah, yeah. Ev- everything has a sacrificial system. Um, you, you name it, dude, it's just... That, that's the way it works. We're humans, we're created to worship, and there's only one God, and he showed all of us how he did it in order for us to worship him properly, but when right. we deny and suppress it, we're going to go do it somewhere else. Sure, you know? sure. Yeah, and it's it's trading, it's trading uh, our desires in for the life of our child, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. And that starts with trading the truth of God in for a lie. Yeah. Right? Indeed. So... If anytime we trade the truth of God in for a lie, even if it's on something that seems really minuscule in our culture, like it's culturally accepted, right, as popular, it has dire consequences, right? Because if man was created to be the head of his household, then that is in them yeah. as well. That's who they are created to That's be. That's who they are created God's to be. standard. Right. So you take that away from them. Mm-hmm. And then there's strife in the household, right? Mm. You go further, and you go further in leadership roles. If if now woman is put into a leadership role, uh, in in the sense of leading 
say our nation leading the household. Yes, Dusty, keep going. You know, I'm not saying I, I'm. What, what there are going? consequences to that, right? Yes. No, Amen. Yeah, keep going, keep going. So, so it's it's not the the order in which it was made to be. Now, I'm not saying that women don't have their roles and their positions and their places, right? But they're different than a man's. It's not. Um, the Bible speaks on, you know, women being in leadership roles as actually being a judgment, a judgment Amen. on a nation, right? Yes. yes. On a, a judgment on a nation. Mm-hmm. So we can look at that and say, well, you know, what is going on in our nation where we're trading the male leadership roles in for these female leadership roles? Is that the judgment of God? on our nation yeah is that is that due to trading the truth of god in for a lie in the area of the roles of man and woman Mm -hmm. you know um it's it's interesting Uh, a friend of mine was sharing with me (laughs) a friend of mine was sharing with me that he was reading a uh, he was reading a book or studying uh on cultures uh, artwork but basically what he was saying is there's a there was a study done on the artwork and it was either Roman or Greek artwork. Right. And it showed the riot, the powerful culture of the Roman Empire. And the artwork was big, strong, masculine men. And then near the end, the fall of Rome, mm-hmm. they looked at the artwork that was going on at that time. And it was very effeminate men. Mm. It was these lowly, weak, showing men. And I'm just repeating what they were they were sharing with me but right. in a sense we're talking about the male being emasculated and his leadership role being taken away what does that look like for to, towards other nations who are sticking towards the male being a powerful role in society hmm. what does our culture look like to them hmm. and if we're emasculating our men who are protector provider right. you know in our household um what does that is that going to look like towards the outside if we continue to weaken the the role of a man emasculate men over time what will our culture look like will it look like uh, a city with no walls, you know, will mm. it look like a, a target? Mm. Something to think about. But the study was done, the rise and fall of Rome, and when Rome fell, there was a lot of artwork showing more of this emasculated man. Wow. Um, so, you know, I just thought it was interesting, the study done showing that, um, you know, there are consequences to emasculating a man in a culture and taking away his prophetic voice right, right. over his household. Yeah. Prophetic meaning biblical voice over in his household. Yeah, I, I think it has to do with the terms of... I'll, I'll, even bring, I'll bring it to here real quick just to make an example of like homosexuality. Right? So there's a lot of people who will go out there and they will say, well, a homosexual attraction is not a sin. They'll say that. Um, just the acting on the attraction is a sin. Well, what we know from the Bible, though, is that in, in the beginning God created male and female. And what God joins together, let no man separate and become one flesh. Trails, he joins together male and female. Right? Not male and male, not female and female. Right. Male, female. So the desire not the desire, but the attraction in itself is unnatural. Sure. Okay, so since it's unnatural, it is sinful. 
So is it, the question is, is it natural for a woman to lead? It's unnatural because it's disorder. Right. It's not order by God's standard. Right. So the only things that can come from disorder is some maybe organized chaos or more disorder. Sure. It's as simple as it gets, right? So we can have a, a nation or a country that starts, let's say, on an arbitrary standard. Let's say, like, um, we'll use the United States Constitution, for example. I know a lot of the founders, they had biblical frameworks. And there are other founders that were like deists, right? Sure. But we can take a standard, and it's not God's word, number one. It's the Constitution, maybe, based on it in some areas, but it's not God's word. Uh, and you can start somewhere and end up here. Sure. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's a there, there's a natural de-evolution to a society that starts fresh, especially if they're first standing on the word of God. Right. If they consistently stand it on the word of God in theonomic terms, I don't think that that would happen because we have God's standard to keep us straight. Right. Sure. When Jesus Christ is king, we listen to his laws. But if we don't listen to his laws, we get America at a, point A. And now let's say we're at America W. I'm not going to say ZX. I don't know what's mm -hmm. going to happen sure. to America in the future. But like you said, as of now, where are we, dude? We have people who do not know themselves because they can't when they deny their creator who created them to be a specific way. Sure. And they're grasping at straws or they're trying to hold in smoke or trying to catch ghosts and it can't be done. And you just like, you're running around in a circle or like a dog chasing its tail. It just won't, it won't end and it'll just, they'll get dizzy. They'll fall on the ground and pass out. And then someone else will come either take the dog, slaughter it, eat it and take the meat from it. And then take it as nourishment for themselves. Right. Or just throw it away. Sure. Like, like, like for an example of analogy for our nation, I would say. Right. Yeah. Just, um, yeah, that's good, man. The, the starting point where we start, you know, creation or our own feelings. I mean, that's, that's where our, our nation's at, right? We've traded, we've traded the truth in for how I feel. Mm-hmm. We've traded the roles God has given us, male and female, for how I feel about myself. I feel a certain way. I feel like uh, I feel like uh, I feel like a woman. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've traded that truth in for a lie. That's that's a lie because it's not true. What's in your biology? Yeah, What's your biology? Can you change your biology? No. You can't. You no can change those. your appendages. No. But you can't change your biology. You can lose your appendages. You can lose them. Right. So think about this. This is tripping me out to think about. All right. So the Constitution, let's say we have it based on a biblical framework. That's great. But when we, in the future, when we're trying to learn, we should reform the Constitution to God's word. Mm. Not reform and, de, de, um, let's say, de-evolve the Constitution by our emotion. Sure. And that's what we did. Instead of starting with a biblical Constitution... And actually reforming it to God's word as we moved on in the future, in the theonomic standard, it reformed it and destroyed it and took dis put disorder into it because we used our feelings sure. and our emotions. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't know much about politics, the Constitution and those things. But what I do see in our culture is, for instance, I, and I'm not a Trump supporter. But I see Trump, right? And I see a masculine man, right? Mm -hmm. he, he, now, 
maybe uh, in many areas not healthy. Going wild. Going wild. Going wild. But <laughs> let me say that he is, he speaks what he thinks. Um, he makes dumb moves and a lot of mistakes. However, when I think about Donald Trump, I don't think of a, an emasculated man. Right. I think of a leader. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I can't speak for many people, but what I do see is a lot of people, uh, I, I, I see that he's a masculine man, so that plays into, like, he's, he's countercultural, mm-hmm. right? In, right? In where our culture's continuing to head, right? right. The, the masculinity of the man, uh, the woman in the position, the, the spot where the man's supposed to be. Um, it's almost like the book of Judges, right? We're getting a judge, although he's not amazing in every aspect, but it is a sort of um, a stopping of God, not stopping of God's judgment, but a slowing, right? Of uh, just just God being gracious with us, essentially. Yeah, well, well, think about it. Think about it the other way. You know, he doesn't get elected. Hillary gets elected late-term abortions and all of the things that would be instituted. But, you know, I wonder if his role as a masculine man is going to be used almost as a, like, see what happens when a masculine man is in leadership. You can't kill him. You know, like, so let's get him out of there and let's get, you know, it's just, I think about these things because, you know, whatever you think about Trump, he is or at least puts himself off as a masculine man. Mm-hmm. Then now, whether that's biblically consistent or not, when in his actions, you know. But um, I, do you think that a lot of people hate him, you know, from a feminine side? And I can't speak for women, but because he's a masculine man. Oh, yeah, dude, hands down. Because he says what he thinks. Right. Number one. Number two, because he's old and white. <laughs> right. And that's, that's another right. reason why, but it all has to do with uh, the, the social climate of our polit- political system right now with um, our, I, I'm not going to call them liberals, I'm going to call them leftist totalitarians because that's exactly what they are. Um, they want equality by suppressing the voices of others and taking away our free speech and taking right. away our weapons because they would say the Donald Trump-like-esque male is the exact image of to- toxic uh, masculinity right and we, we they would say we don't want that you know we don't want to have people to protect themselves let's say with weapons from a government because who needs to protect themselves from god in a sense mm-hmm. like when you want to evol- uh what's, what's elevate the government to the form of being god like a leftist totalitarian it sounds great for them if they're going to live according to their system Right, but to those who actually stand by the true and living God and in God's word and not feelings and emotions, then we have no freedoms whatsoever, and then we have no way to stand up for ourselves either and just get slaughtered. Right, it, that's that's what happens. Yeah, so it's it's like the majority taking away the voice of the masculine man because they don't like what he's doing. So I'm just giving giving a, uh, a thought experiment. So, mm-hmm. so it's almost like the minority, that's, that's popular culture now. And when I say that, 
I mean like being uh, a minority and being oppressed. Well, that is what that their voice is what is being more uh, highly accepted in our culture, right? Yeah. That's the popular voice. Yes. Yes. And that voice should have the right to silence the masculine voice Mm. and quiet that voice. Yes. Even though that's oppressive, but it's popular. It's the popular opinion. Yes. But at the same time, if we think about, you know, women being put in a minority position, well, they're not technically a minority position. They're higher up in population than men in our nation. It's complicated, doesn't it? It gets complicated, right? <laughs> so we're, we're putting people in categories, and the, the category of the masculine man is now the oppressor. And then there's the oppressed. And then there's the oppressed. But their solution is let's silence the oppressor. Yep. And that's oppressive. Okay, so what you just described was the Communist Manifesto. Karl Marx mm-hmm. Communist Manifesto, in, in a sense. So we've got the proletariat um, gaining class consciousness, let's say the working class. They're gaining class consciousness. They're saying, we're oppressed. We've worked so hard. And then there's the elite, the bourgeoisie, or I could probably be butchering that. And um, they're saying, well, the bourgeoisie wouldn't have what they have unless we did what we did. So let's overthrow them. So you just described communism in American <coughs> political uh, system that we live in today. So they would argue we have the white working, the white elite class people making all these decisions for our country. Then we have all these minorities who are doing all of the dirty work. And we need to realize that we're minorities and we're oppressed in order and give them a voice, give them that class consciousness to be aware of who they are, to then create um, disorder in our system in order to overthrow it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's literally that's the way socialism and communism gets actually implanted into a society, especially a democracy or or like more like a republic. But um, that that that's how it happens, and that's exactly what's happening right now. And we have that being indoctrinated to us through what private schools? No, public, public schools, schools, right? Because we have the government doing something that the government should never be doing in the first place. Right. Is being control of someone's education. Right. Right. So they're they're teaching our children the roles that they should be choosing. And our Christian voice is being silenced about the roles that God has given. Yep. So we should speak on how important it is, how important it is for us as men in our household to speak to our children about the roles and genders God has given them. Yes. Right? That God created men to be a certain way, that he created women to be a certain way, mm-hmm. uh, biblically speaking. Yep. And that beauty and feminism and modesty are things that are good. Right. As God said, they're good. True feminism. True feminism, Right. right? Right, what the role a woman is meant to be in, Mm -hmm. uh, being, you know, I mean, (laughs) men and women are just different in in different ways. Um, A man is not meant to be effeminate. It's sinful, right? Yeah. The Bible talks about effeminate. Yeah. The Greek word malakoi, I believe, is what it is, right? 
it, yes, yeah, and it's and, and it lists effeminate, and I am could be speaking in a wrongly, but it lists that as one of the sins that say these will not inherit the kingdom. Right. Yes. No, right. You're right. Yeah. I believe it's First Corinthians six. Yeah, First Corinthians six. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's in there. Yeah. So it speaks on effeminate being mm -hmm. sinful, um, but it, it, has, it says nothing about being feminine and beautiful um, for women, right? Amen. You know, that's that's being modest uh, for a woman. Like, uh, these things are good in God's eyes. Mm -hmm. So what standard are we going to start with? And what standard are we going to teach our children? Are we going to just let uh, schools teach our children that they should choose their gender because it's about how they feel? Or are we in the household going to point our kids to scripture and tell them that the roles that God has given us and what is good and what isn't good. Yeah, we, we need to pull our kids out of public schools for Christians, number one. Number two, if anyone's going to have an arbitrary standard, we need to hold their feet to the fire. So if they're going to deny God and say that they came from animals and that they're just matter in motion, just being bombing in the cosmos, we need to tell them, okay, stay consistent and be quiet. Because <laughs> every time you speak... You're in contradiction of your worldview because it's meaningless. Your consciousness is nothing yeah. but an accident. Right. And it's arbitrary. Right. So when we start with arbitrariness with our standard, it just leads to more right. things that are arbitrary and contradictory. Exactly. What's wrong with a man being masculine in your worldview? Boom. Go. Yeah, go. Uh, <laughs> I can't even think. I you know, what's, 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 what is wrong with uh, evolved species being masculine or being feminine in a uh, atheistic worldview. We just evolved from pond scum, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't in, matter. In the grand scheme of things. It doesn't matter because we were just matter. Ooh. In motion. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, like, yeah. they're fighting for things with no foundation, right? They hold their feet to the fire. Right. They're, they're defining things based on feelings with no backing. Nothing. And we as a culture are just letting them do it and yep. just saying, oh, I don't want to offend them, having a quiet voice, slaying back, staying in our Christian circles, staying in our churches, rather than speaking into the culture in which God has called us to do because Christ is ruling and reigning in every Preach. area of life, not just the church. So pretty much what you said, Dusty, is... We need to remind them, tuck it in, your image of God is showing. Tuck it back in, it's showing. Sure. Because the truth is, is that they are made in the image of God, and we are to love them. And the fact that we know that they're made in the images of God, in the image of God is because they keep trying to contradict their standard. Sure. They can't do those things because they're made in the image of God. Right. So, reminding them that they're made in the image of God, yet... Since they're fallen, here we go, since they're sinful, since we inherited sin from Adam, that your nature and your thoughts are corrupted, they're vile, they're evil, they're like the venom of asps is on your lips, sure. you are a sinner in need of a holy God in order to even understand what, like we talked about in the beginning, yourself. Right. You do not know or understand who you are or what is human nature until Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit literally takes your heart of stone, replaces it with the heart of flesh. Right. You can't even understand yourself. Right. That's why you're selfish. You're, you're, you're a shadow of the self. You're not even really 
understanding human nature. So we right. point them to the fall, say you're a sinner in need of a holy God. That's the gospel that changes the hearts. So they can understand even themselves to get on their knees, right? right. And, and say, Lord, I repent. You are the creator. You hold the standard. We need to live by your rule, by your law, like it says in Matthew 28, teaching them all I've commanded you. And in Ezekiel, where it says that um, for causes to observe his statutes. Right. Right. That's yeah. what we need. It's just the gospel. Right. Yeah. With, without, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. There without you that, yeah. you're starting with yourself and your feelings. Uh-huh. And that is not. It's not wise. It's not wisdom. It's not, not smart. It's basically, it, well, it's denial of God's truth, right? right? If I'm denying God's truth, I'm worshiping and serving myself selfish, rather than God. Mm-hmm. And I'm the determinant of truth. Just like we were talking about Adam and Eve in the garden, when, when, when uh, they said, when Satan said, you will be like God, knowing good from evil well that word knowing has to do with determining so they will determine what is good from evil yes so they will be like god determining good from evil dude there's a good um uh a jewish man i'm gonna gonna throw this guy out there it's moses moses malmanides i think is what his name is like a it was like a commentary commentary on the old testament and stuff like that and um he said when Adam and Eve took of the fruit from the knowledge of good and evil. They obtained the knowledge of good and evil, but I'm going to throw this back to the prophet. But they didn't get the wisdom to discern between the two. Mm. That's good. Yeah. That's good. It's solid right there. Yeah. So, what are we saying as men in our household that we're to lead in a biblical way, that we're to be the head of the household? Uh, scripture is clear about a woman being submissive to her husband in Ephesians. It gives a list of a wife being submissive to her husband. It gives uh, a slave being submissive to his master. Mm -hmm. And it gives an example of children being submissive to their parents. So that's not a mutually submissive uh, line of thought there. It's uh, Christ is the head, man, wife, children. Now, there also comes with responsibilities with that. The dying man is the now self. responsible, dying to their self, as Christ died on, died and gave himself up for his bride, the Amen. church, yes. right? Yes. We're to cherish and love our wives as we love our own bodies. Mm-hmm. So we have responsibilities. However, it is instituted for a man to be the leader of his household. Amen. Spiritual and other. Final word, right? Yep. So... What we don't want to do is we don't want to leave, we don't want to be tyrants, but we don't, we also want to understand and teach our wives that what the Bible has to say about God's word. Because like you were saying, it all comes down to being, I have a problem with authority naturally, right? Yeah, me too. So (laughs) I'm going to have a problem with my authority, the wife is going to have a problem with her authority. Right. Children are going to have issues with their authority, and that translates into my life every single day. When I have problems with my wife, when I have problems with my children, when I have problems with what God has called me to do and be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So so it's it's we need to 
be consistent, we need to point to the Word of God and not our own opinions or feelings. Mm -hmm. We need to train up our children to know what God has said about who they are, who He's made them to be. And we need to tell them their genders based on what is what God has said, right? Mm -hmm. But what we can't do is we can't send our children off to be raised up by the state, no, by the never. federal government, which is you know our school system, mm -hmm. because they're going to teach them what they feel is right, not what is not true. Mm -hmm. uh, to quote Bodhi Bakum, you send your kids off to Caesar to be raised, they're going to come back talking Don't be surprised. like Romans. Don't be surprised when they come back acting like Romans. Acting like Romans, that's yes. right. So, yeah. Um, anything else, man? No, I think I think you said it, dude. I think it's, it's a matter of, honestly, being able to submit to the Word of God. And you cannot do that unless God takes your heart of stone and replaces it with a heart of flesh. Yeah. Our fallen nature can only be destroyed and overcome by the perfect God who died on the cross for our sins and right. rose again, who has all authority on heaven and on earth. On earth. Right. And he He's ruling and reigning now, yep. putting all enemies underneath his feet. Yep. But you you know it's something to think to end on is without that changed heart, without uh, a sub true submission to God's lordship, Jesus's lordship, there's no reason to change, right? There's no reason for the man to be uh, uh, in a relationship, in a husband and wife relationship. There's no reason for them to, if they have role reversals, to right. switch that back to where it's supposed to be, right? Right? There's no reason to change because they don't desire it, so they're not going to do it. So what? What? So what? The Christian needs to do then, because I'm not going to say I'm going to preach the gospel and everyone's going to be a Christian. No, God has <coughs> elect that He's preordained, and the thing though is, is when the Christian stops speaking into the culture, that's when it deteriorates. But what we need to do and what we need to be is the what? Salt, salt and light. The light. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> yes. Yep. In order to be the salt and the light, we need to have the word and we need to have the spirit because we're not witnesses without that spirit, right? Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, we need to be the salt and the light. We need to speak into the culture. If we remain, what's the verse? I, I, um, Luke, Pastor Luke was talking about it, where there is no prophetic voice, the people cast off restraint. Oh, wow. I believe that's a, it's either in Psalm or Proverbs, mm. but where the prophetic voice is silenced in the culture, the people will cast off restraint, right? Yeah. They'll have no need to change. They'll just continue on yeah. and it'll continue to spiral downward. God will continue to hand people over to what they want, their own sinful desires and not him. Mm -hmm. And the result will be a nation that murders its own children. <laughs> Uh, the result will be genders that can't be defined because of foolishness. Mm -hmm. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Yep. They won't even be able to understand their gender or their roles in society. It's wild. It sounds like foolishness to me. It does. Well, this has been our discussion for Reformed Dads. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm your man, Dusty Marshall. Yep, I'm a high school shirt. Andrew High School T-Son Krant. Yep. And uh, thanks for tuning in with us.